Welcome to Exploring Prematurity. My name is Robin Lyons with Baby Bird Developments. I am here to walk with you side by side and dig deeper in depth into uh, prematurity, the experiences you have with your infant child and pregnancy loss, along with getting through everything mentally, physically, and emotionally that you need to get through. Episode 1, Help Syndrome. What the help is going on with my body? Hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, low blood platelets. An acronym, HELP Syndrome. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this perinatal and maternal disease called HELP syndrome. It's a very rare disease that does happen, but it has a very high mortality rate. So with that being said, it's a very scary experience. And I just wanted to dig a little deeper into my personal experience with it and the physical presentations, the signs to look for, and everything that you could possibly do to ensure the health of yourself and your unborn child, whether you're in the hospital or at home. Let me clarify, I am not a doctor. I am not giving any medical advice. Everything that I have experienced is my own personal experience. However, I do feel compelled to inform others, pregnant, not pregnant, um, anyone who wants to educate themselves on this particular topic of help syndrome i i really feel it is a rare occurrence so many people have no idea what it is when the symptoms occur and the onset of the disease occurs i do want to help others understand the process and the medical fields oftentimes overlook some of the things you're going through. So that's my goal here. My goal is to just inform, not to give any particular medical advice. If you do want to learn more about HELP syndrome, please talk to your personal doctor and or, you know, research it yourself online. There's a lot of groups and of other women that have had it as well. Um, but also, um, there's plenty of resources on the internet that can help as well. But these, this particular story is my story, and it's a very rare 
type of situation as my symptoms did present themselves in a way that the doctors and nurses for five days did not know what was going on. Day one, I was 29 weeks pregnant with my second daughter. I was 30 years old. I started developing pain in my upper abdomen and nausea on a Sunday afternoon. I felt really sick. I was laying on my side. I decided to text my sister and ask her if this particular pain was normal. And she replied, no, it's not normal. Please go to the hospital. You don't know. Something could be wrong. And I didn't want to think that way. So I continued to to ride out the pain. Uh, The only way I can explain this type of pain is to just imagine taking an apple core and swallowing it and it getting stuck in your chest, just in between your chest bone and your rib cage. So this particular feeling was lasting a while and it was causing pain and pain enough for me to feel sick to my stomach. Although there was no vomiting, I was quite nauseous and I just laid there. I processed this request for my sister to go to the doctor and within a couple hours I did end up going luckily I did have a very close hospital to my house Um, it's within walking distance I did end up driving myself there however I let them know the symptoms I was experiencing they hooked me up to some monitors They gave me an IV on the monitors. They had said there was contractions, so then they injected me with this particular medication to stop the contractions. They told me it could be a virus or I could be severely dehydrated just to go home and drink more water. They did take blood work and also a urine sample on that first day. I didn't think anything of it because it was all procedural. I ended up going home. I felt a little bit better after I left the hospital. I had a good night's sleep. Day two, 29 weeks, one day pregnant, I got up, I went to work, I went to the office, and within an hour of working at the office, I felt sick again. It was a Monday. I was really busy at the office. I decided to work through the whole day. I was tired when I left the office. I did not want to go back to the hospital, although I had that same pain and that same sickness, sick feeling, sickness feeling. It was just, I just didn't want to go back to the hospital and get hooked up to monitors again. And in my mind, I was just thinking I was having indigestion. Maybe it was just a bad case of heartburn and it's just going to go away. I was really trying not to think negatively that something was going wrong with me in my body. 
I went to sleep that night. I had a good night's sleep. I woke up the next morning. It was a Tuesday. I felt okay. I went to work. And then again, the pain came back around within 15 hours. And by the end of the workday, I decided to go to the hospital again. They hooked me up to monitors again. They said I was having contractions. They were four minutes apart, so they had to give the injection again to stop the contractions. I was having the same exact pain where it felt like I swallowed an apple core and the pain was at that point wrapping around from my torso to the right side of my rib cage and then back around to my back on the right side. So this was causing even more nausea and I tried to explain this to the nurses and doctor and they still said everything looks fine you're probably just dehydrated go home get some rest and if anything comes up again just come back so then Wednesday comes around and the pain comes back within eight hours and I left work early because I couldn't stand the pain anymore it was unbearable and I went back to the uh, the maternity um, department at the hospital labor and delivery and they they checked me did more invasive checks checking my cervix I'm still you know having the same pain the nurse was quite snarky, basically stating, oh, you've already been here twice this week. So at this point, I'm feeling like Reagan in The Exorcist, and I tell her to please leave the room. And I'm sure I said it in a very stern way. And the doctor came in, and he's like, hey there, troublemaker, you're here again, trying to make light of the situation. I let him know, I don't know that nurse, but... I'm not feeling well at all, and I'm not coming here for no reason. I don't feel good, and don't send her back into this room. (laughs) So, I, I mean, I'm one of those types of people. I believe that when compassion is needed, that's what's needed. No time for anything else. So, I got another nurse who was nicer, thank, thank goodness, and basically... They're saying, okay, your cervix looks fine. Your contractions are still kind of coming in four minutes apart. We'll give you another injection to stop the contractions. And I I remember just feeling like they don't know what's going on. They, They don't know what's going on with me. All of these things are going on with my body and I'm pregnant and these are experts and they don't know what's going on. They keep sending me home. So I felt very defeated that day. That was a Wednesday afternoon. I ended up going home probably around 6 p.m. And 
I cuddled my six-year-old daughter and I think I kind of knew at that point, not really that my daughter was going to be born soon, but I knew that something wasn't right at that point because the pain was not going away. And I ended up going to sleep and I slept for maybe six hours and the pain came back again and it came back so much harder than ever. And I was dry heaving and I was angry and I was in pain and I filled up the bathtub and it was five o'clock in the morning. I filled up the bathtub with the warmest water I can, can tolerate. And I laid on my side and I cried. And I felt alone in that moment. And it was more, more like, I'm going to take this bath. I'm going to get these negative vibes off me. And whatever fight we got to fight, we're going to fight this together. So I finally get back up. I call my sister after I dry off and get dressed. And I tell her, this pain is not going away. This pain has been happening since Sunday. Today is Thursday morning. What do I do? And she's like, go to the hospital. I'll meet you there. Go right now. So I go, it takes me five minutes to get there. And then I tell them, I can't do this anymore. So they take my blood again. They take a urine sample again. Then they speculate that I'm having a gallbladder infection or a gallbladder flare-up. So they send me to the ultrasound technician to check and see if my gallbladder, something's going on with my gallbladder. So, you know, hospitals, they don't do things very quickly. So you have so much time to think about like, what's really going on? Are they going to tell me the truth? Am I going to die? What's, is my baby going to be okay? So many things going on psychologically in your mind. And then you have all these monitors and needles and people, strangers that you don't even know talking to you as if you're not a human being going through this experience. So it's so confusing. You're just going through all these motions. And then meanwhile, your body, you're like, what the heck, what the heck is going on with my body here? I'm supposed to be, you know, harboring this, this, this baby for another 10 weeks. I can't, I can't do this. I got to go home. I got to, I got to eat. I got to be healthy. So meanwhile, all these things are going on. I'm Googling all these symptoms. Don't ever Google the symptoms. Because all the symptoms were just what they thought, like a gallbladder disease. I get a step in from the nurse. She's pretty somber in her demeanor. And she looks at me and she says, your doctor's going to call you in a few minutes and then walks away. So at that point, I'm like, okay, what does this mean? So my doctor finally calls and he tells me I have this disease called help syndrome after my blood work came in he tells me that my blood platelets had dropped to under 40,000 so 
at this point I have to deliver the baby as soon as possible and I had a couple options and that they were going to send a neonatologist into the room to talk to me about having a premature baby and a premature birth. So, I mean, there's all all of this terminology just coming at me at one time. Meanwhile, I'm still having all this pain and I'm like, what the heck is going on? So, it's just one of those things you get through it and by the evening we spoke to the neonatologist. He said, oh, you're having a girl. Okay, girls are stronger than boys when it comes to premature births. She'll be fine. And then you'll go into the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. And you'll, you know, you'll watch your baby grow and you'll do everything and we'll help your baby be healthy. And meanwhile, they had put me on another medicine, medication called magnesium sulfate in that instance when they put you on it you become very jello like your body becomes just pretty much drunk and the reason why they give you that is because when your blood platelets drop so far down your body could possibly seize or you can experience seizures. Luckily, I didn't experience seizures. I only experienced this particular pain that would not stop with this hypothetical apple core stuck inside of my abdomen with the throbbing back pain and extreme nausea. So... They also tell me that I had to receive a steroid injection to help the baby's lungs develop because at 29 weeks gestational age, their lungs are not ready for the world. They are not ready. They still have a lot of growing to do. So I decide to not immediately give birth to the baby. I chose I chose to try to fight through it and take the injections for the 48 hours to try to help my daughter's lungs develop more and in that 48 hours well it was more like 36 but within that first 24 hours I was heavily medicated on the magnesium sulfate In the labor and delivery, there was an earthquake that happened and then I became very anxious and panicked and began crying and just very upset and then I began to hallucinate. So luckily I had, you know, my mom was there with me. She was, you know, trying to massage my head and be as supportive as possible and she was going to wash my hair and she had me get up and then I went to sit down and it was a there was a a chair with wheels and I ended up falling and the nurse had to come write a report I was fine but the whole 
experience was extremely mentally exhausting as well as physically exhausting, obviously, because of the pain. And then emotionally having to be strong enough to get through this so that you survive and your child survives, more importantly. So that day um, went by and then the following day I got another injection and then within about 18 hours after that I had severe hallucinations and they decided that because the 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 pain and the symptoms were not going away I was still experiencing pain I was still my blood platelets were not improving they were still dropping they decided to do the c-section um about four hours or so eight hours or so before the actual scheduled c-section so once that happened and the baby was born she was born three pounds 14 ounces she at first was breathing on her own with with the CPAP, which is kind of like a little nasal breathing apparatus. Um, but then she became very weak and could not breathe on her own. And she developed a fever. So they decided to intubate her and put her on a ventilator. Meanwhile, I was recovering from the C-section, still having HELP syndrome, and getting through that, um, and also being on the magnesium sulfate, feeling very jello-y. Um, I will have to say this particular case of HELP syndrome is a, is a lot different from what some of the people in the medical field and that hospital had ever experienced before. My doctor apologized to me because he said all of your symptoms were reversed. Typically, a woman experiences high blood pressure, swelling, protein in the urine, and then when it becomes severe, then these symptoms occur after the onset of the hypertension. So with mine, I did not have hypertension. I did not have protein in the urine. The onset was already the severe case of HELP syndrome. So in the eyes of the medical field, the symptoms didn't really match um, the textbooks, so to speak. So that's why I wanted to share this story because I know there's other women out there who have experienced HELP syndrome and other parents who probably experienced other things within the hospital and the labor and delivery and their, you know, their OBGYN. But I just wanted to share this because many of my own personal friends, acquaintances, family members had no idea what help was. 
no idea. And it's still a very rare where a lot of people don't know what HELP syndrome is. And I think that the reason I'm telling this story is because I want people to know um, if you're planning to get pregnant or you are pregnant. I don't want to scare you, but I think that knowledge is power. And in order to be prepared, um, anything can happen. Um, HELP syndrome is definitely something to research look at all of the different symptoms that can happen and get to the doctor as soon as possible and talk to them about what you know. Because I feel like if I would have known about HELP syndrome on the first day, I don't think that my body would have had to gone, go, you know, would have had to have gone through five days of pain and suffering and even, you know, the psychological and emotional trauma of having to just pull myself together every single day. I, I think that if I would have known about HELP syndrome, I would have been able to speak for myself and let them know, can you please check for this? Or, you know, I think it's this and advocate for myself. And I didn't have any idea. So that's my goal here tonight is just to talk about this disease because this is one of the reasons why babies are born premature. Um, there's not a lot of research out on it. There's not a lot of funds. So if you are compelled to donate to any particular research foundation on HELP syndrome, you will probably also see it associated with preeclampsia, which is the onset of hypertension during pregnancy. But if you, you know, you can donate to those particular causes, it would probably mean a lot to a lot of women out there because just there's just not a lot of research. And the more research there is on anything, really, when it comes to the human experience, it just helps us understand this occurrence more or you know it just helps us understand how these things happen what can we do to prevent it can we drink more water can we walk more can we do we have to be a certain weight do we have to take these certain vitamins do we need to you know stretch or you know anything that you can think of to try to prevent this particular illness from attacking your body? Um, is it a genetic predisposition? So many different things that could be researched and, you know, circled back to why this happens and how it could possibly prevent it, be prevented. So please, if you are compelled to, you know, anything helps, you donate $5. There's the, you know, the March of Dimes Foundation. There's other foundations out there. I don't have anyone particular, but definitely, definitely donate to a research organization when it comes to HELP syndrome. There's not enough research out there. So I just want to say thank you for listening to my experience and my story. And I am here 
any time of the day to walk with you side by side. If you have experienced this in the past and you just want someone to listen to your story, if you have any questions, if you just want to reach out and talk, um, go ahead and reach out to me. I, I do have an email address. I can leave that in my show notes. I will also leave some links in my show notes so that you can explore and research help syndrome, H-E-L-L-P syndrome, and learn more about it. Thank you. Thank you.